Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, once more draw near to us. As we gather here this night to worship you, we pray that you would guide us nearer to yourself. Help us, O Lord, to follow your word, to hear your word, to be changed by this very word that we have heard this night, and that we would evermore be faithful and serve you and draw near to you always. And we ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. On this day, we Anglicans live in a great tension. Maybe it's something of a strange irony. On this day, we've come together and we hear from Scripture about bad ways of fasting and repentance. There's something strange about that, that we're gathering at the season, at the beginning of a season about fasting and repentance, about making sacrifices to receive ashes upon our foreheads. And we're told, don't do those things wrongly. Don't do those things to earn your way to heaven. Don't do those things to show off before others. And yet here we are going to be receiving those very ashes on our foreheads. We'll receive that mark that tells us and others who see it that we are sinners. And that we are striving to practice repentance. We have these ashes upon us as an outward show of an inward disposition. And that's the tension. We hold that intention that on one hand, Scripture tells us not to bandy about and show off your righteousness and your fasting and your prayer and your almsgiving. And yet, on the other, here we are doing something very close to that. It's a slight irony that we proclaim from Scripture not to make these ostentatious shows of our faith. And yet, here we are receiving something that some might construe as an ostentatious showing. But I think that this tension is broken when we realize that we are utterly dependent upon God's grace. It is God's grace in Jesus Christ towards us that we depend upon. In all of these passages, we're continually reminded that these things, fasting and prayer, are not pleasing when done from a heart of unrepentance or done from a desire to seek God's approval, done from a desire of trying to earn something or being done simply because we've been told we should do that, because it's commanded at one point in Scripture. But we are covered in grace. We approach this great gift of grace with an attitude of doing things simply, not simply because we've been commanded, but we are doing them because we desire to draw near to our God. We desire to be changed by our God. We desire to be renewed from the inside out by our God. We are meant to be people who pursue these disciplines, this repentance, this fasting, this almsgiving, this praying. To be pursuing them as people who have been renewed and redeemed by the grace of God and Jesus. And remember that all of our lives are of God's grace. As we remember that, let us hear these deep reminders of God's displeasure at our play-acting, something of which we are all guilty of at one point or another amongst all of our other sins. And it's boldly proclaimed in Isaiah, this play-acting that the Israelites were pursuing. 
He tells Isaiah the prophet to cry aloud and do not hold back, to lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression and to the house of Jacob their sins. And in the midst of that declaration of sins, God says they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the judgment of their God. They ask of me righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. And they say, why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? And God answers back, behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. You oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed or to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is that what we're here to do tonight? Is that what we're doing that we are fasting, we're humbling ourselves and saying, Why are you not paying attention to me, O God? I'm doing what you've told me to do. But you see, in this kind of fasting that the Israelites were pursuing... And that it's oh so tempting for us to pursue is that we let that hunger, we let that physical struggles that we have in trying to be humble and avoiding food or avoiding things that we find pleasure in, we let those things anger us. We fast to seek after our own pleasure, to make more time for us to do things our own way. We oppress those who work for us. We get angry and we fight and quarrel with others. And we strike others with a fist. Is that what our fasting leads us to do? Is that what our humility at this night leads us to do? It is a question we have to ask ourselves as we approach Holy Scripture, as we approach to receive these ashes. Am I doing this for a show or am I truly believing that I am nothing but a sinner? And because I am a sinner, I will die in my sin. I will die because of my sin. But thanks be to God that there is Jesus Christ who has undone death itself by His resurrection. Is this how we are approaching, hearing these things of fasting, these things of ashen repentance? Are we approaching God with the right kind of attitude? Or are we doing it for our own good? And Isaiah continues, Yahweh continues speaking through Isaiah, reminding us that it is not just simply fasting that works. It is not simply an outward show of repentance, but Yahweh goes on to say, is this the fast, is not this the fast that I choose to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. It is to move forward in the life of repentance, to move forward in a way that is showing grace and mercy toward those around us, to, let, to loosen the bonds of wickedness, to call people away from their sin, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke. But even more than that, it's also to share your bread with the hungry, to bring the homeless into your own home when you see the naked to cover him. And not to hide yourself from your own flesh. When we do these things in light of true fasting and true repentance, of true sorrow and humility about our sins, 
Light shall break forth upon us like dawn. And the healing shall spring up speedily, Yahweh says. When we act in faith in these ways, righteousness will go before us. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And the Lord will answer us on the day that we cry. He will say, here I am. But see, that's not what Israel did. They went about all of the things that God had commanded them to do with drudgery. They went about it with thoughtlessness. They went about it not caring or caring so much that they thought that they could earn their way into heaven. They saw them as mere rituals that would appease an angry God as opposed to the very things this God gave them to renew them, to work in them, to draw them near to Himself by causing them to see their own brokenness within. It reminds me of Jesus in the Gospel of John when He confronts a group of Pharisees and says that they are slaves. And they say, well, none of us have been slaves since we left Egypt. And He says that you're slaves of sin. That too often we are blinded by that inward struggle within. That we are blinded by the very sinfulness that binds us to this earth and keeps us from hearing the true Word of God and keeps us from responding to God as He is in His grace that we love our sin more than the grace that God is offering to us. And this season of Lent is a time for us to step back and to see that love of sin for what it is, the idolatry that it is, and to turn back to God Himself, to turn away and forsake those tendencies that are sinful, and to give that time back to God in the pursuit of Him, recognizing our need for His Spirit to work in us. One translation of verses 3 and 4 I thought were extremely pithy. Or pithy. Excuse me. I say words wrongly all the time. Behold, you fast with strife and quarreling and with smiting with the fist, maliciously closed. Smiting with the fist, maliciously closed. Ye do not fast to make your voice audible. It's a little different from how we heard it in the ESV. The fasting that these Israelites were doing was not necessarily to get their voice heard by God. It was to make a show of it. To show off how righteous and how good they might be before God. And of course that segues perfectly into Jesus' own words that we hear this night. There in verse 1 of chapter 6, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. To practice our righteousness for the sake of people seeing us is to pursue it incorrectly. Yes, Jesus said, let your light so shine before others that they praise your Father in heaven for your good works. So yes, our righteousness is going to get performed in front of other people, but are you doing it to get seen by them? Or are you doing it out of your recognition that they need you to act according to God's law, that you need to act according to God's law because your faith calls you to do that, that you are acting in light of God's goodness and His mercy. You're acting out of His love for you and your love for Him when you pursue righteousness before others. And so Jesus walks on through those three aspects of of giving, almsgiving, charity, prayer and fasting, reminding us succinctly That to do those things and to draw attention to yourself and to say, look how great I am, is to lose out the reward that the Father seeks to give. Because you're only doing it for the sake of the other. You're only doing it 
to get seen by the other. You're not doing it out of a heart that desires to love and help those in need. You're not doing it because you know you need to pray. You know you need to draw near to the Father because you're only doing it to get heard by others. And your fasting is only being done to show off in front of others. But instead, Jesus says, to give in secret such that your left hand does not know what your right hand is doing. To pray in secret, to go into a room and shut the door and pray where no one can see or hear you. He says, when you fast, instead of doing it and disfiguring your face like the hypocrites and looking gloomy, instead, anoint your head and wash your face so that others won't see your fasting. But your Father in heaven will see it and He will reward you. He will strengthen you. He will draw near to you because you're doing it for His sake then. And here I am talking about all these outward appearances of things being done, of fasting and almsgiving and praying in public. And here we are in public doing these very things. But we're doing it not to get seen by others, not to show off, I hope. We're doing it to draw near to our Lord because we're doing it with a heart that recognizes our sin, that recognizes our need, that recognizes that we are one who need redemption and grace and mercy from our Father. We draw near together as the public body of Christ to receive the grace of God, to be renewed by Him, to be drawn ever nearer to Him. Because as St. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, this is the day of salvation. We are called to be saved. We are called to be drawn near to the Father. And the day of salvation is upon us all. Anything and everything we do is to be toward that redemption. It is to be toward what God has done for us. As he says in verse 21 of chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians, For our sake God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God. And therefore, that makes this the day of salvation. That makes this the favorable time that we can draw near, that we can repent, that we can cry out, that we need the reconciliation that God has accomplished for us in Christ. God has called us to Himself. He calls us to Himself through His Word, through these actions that we are doing tonight. When we come with penitent hearts, when we come recognizing our sinfulness, when we come recognizing that we're all going to die because of our sin. We're all going to die. And that is the truth. But there's that second truth that we're all going to be raised in Christ who have trusted and believed in Him. We'll be raised to new life. And the way that we reach out and receive that new life, that eternal life, that new kind of living that starts in the here and now within and is expanded to include even our mortal bodies, turning them into immortal bodies at Christ's return, is to recognize that sin, is to recognize the law condemning us and turning us away and beating us down and killing us. That law reveals to us how radically opposed we are to the Father, how radically opposed we are to who He is in and of Himself. That He is perfectly holy and we are perfectly unholy. But in Christ, that unholiness is undone 
and turned around and turned into holiness in Jesus as we are united to him, that we are made into a new creation and live out of a new life. And yet each day we turn away from our sin. Each day we turn back to the Father. Each day we remember our baptisms and we drown the old man, as Martin Luther would say. We put the old man to death in the remembrance of baptism that we might rise from those waters in new life. And here we are doing that this night, except we're using ashes upon our foreheads. That as each of us were baptized, we received the mark of the cross upon our foreheads. And now we receive the mark of the cross in ashes, noting our repentance, noting our turning from sin. But in the shape of a cross, reminding us that that sin has been dealt with by Jesus. And that we can repent and turn from it and receive forgiveness and receive renewal from Him and in Him and through Him. And so as we prepare to come forward this night to receive these ashes, as we enter into this holy Lent and begin various kinds of fasting, let us remember that that fasting is to draw us near to God, to open us up to more time for prayer, to open us up to more time for Scripture reading, to open us up to more time of learning of who God is and our great need for Him. To use our fasting for ourselves or to not to... Or to not apply that time to God is to misuse that fasting because it's to discipline us nearer to Jesus that in the days following Lent we would keep up those disciplines. That we would keep up drawing near to our Father in every moment that we are able. And to know that He is working through us in every moment of the day. And so we start out this journey through Holy Lent receiving these ashes saying we will die but for the sake of Jesus we will be raised. And we spend this Holy Lent turning from that which distracts us, turning from that which draws our attention away from Jesus in order that our attention would be more fully placed on Jesus and His good deeds for us, His good works for us, His good death for us, that we might receive and live evermore in light of His resurrection. And so welcome to this Holy Lent. And may we all know the grace of God, even though we may die, we will yet live. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.